Hello and welcome to the Mobile Home Expert Podcast. I'm Jason Sorotin. Today is April 10th, 2020, and we are in quarantine from the pandemic. And I am in New Hampshire at my home, and Glenn is in Wilmington, North Carolina at your home. Right, Glenn? That's right. I haven't left this house in at least 20-something days now. <laughs> yeah, me neither, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I know you. You had a run. You had a run at it too for a minute there. I'm glad oh, everything yeah. worked out. I was a lucky, a lucky winner of the COVID prize. <laughs> it chose me. <laughs> it chose me and my whole family. Um, but Glenn, I mean, this is just. I mean, we haven't done a podcast in a while, obviously because of um, extenuating circumstances. But we are in a different world currently. I don't want to call it the Absolutely. new world. I think it's giving it too much of like a longevity and like we'll create a better world than this. This is not the new world, but we are in a diff difficult place and especially in real estate and lending and the mobile home park space. So I wanted to talk with you and just ask some questions as still somebody who's been looking at uh, mobile home parks and, Wondering now, even if now might be a really good time to buy because maybe there's going to be really good deals. But where are you at with things? Yeah, it's it, it's definitely different. Um, whether whether life you know gets back to normal and what we decide new normal is, it's all going to have an impact somewhat. But you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, right now, right here, every deal anyone is looking at has a lot more challenges in it to get it to the finish line. And if you just closed the deal and you were expecting your April rent collections to be a hundred percent, you might be thinking to yourself, geez, it, it might not be a hundred percent this month or next month or the month after with the amount of unemployment, just, just skyrocketing. Like we've not seen since, since uh, I think I read it was the, the 1929, 1930 uh, to 1932 period that we've not seen levels of this kind of unemployment. Um, and, and it might even be worse than that, uh, that we don't really know how, how to act here. I mean, we, we, we this is a cycle. I mean, it, 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 we've been through this cycle before, uh, albeit it was 100 years ago, um, you know, and it was, uh, you know, a little bit different. Um you know, than, than we are now. Uh, that all said, I think, I think we do find a new normal and I do think we find a new normal, you know, in the next three to six months. Um, and it has made every seller and purchaser much more aware of the risks associated with buying income property, you know, retail and hospitality, they've just been hammered. And thankfully, you know, uh, our industry, the mobile home park industry is, is fairly well cushioned to handle, uh, you know, people not having a strong income or strong employment for periods of time. Um, we are, we are kind of the safety net there. Um, doesn't mean it's, you know, going to be a fun time, but it does mean that we should fare well or at least better than some of our counterpart uh, real estate verticals in, in, you know, 20, in, in 2008, when the bottom fell out, uh, mobile home parks still did fairly well. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I personally owned during that period of time and, 
while I might have recycled more tenants than than I would have preferred, um, my downtime was still minimal. Um, and I think that's a likely effect of what will happen here if the economy doesn't stabilize in the, in the near short term. Um, but at the same time, I think our, our industry is well positioned. But trying to do a deal right now, man, oh, man, it is tough. We, um, you know, we, we had 19 parks under contract when we, I, I don't know what the official date was. I think it was like the 16th or the 17th or whenever it was that it became kind of where the, the stock market really just bottomed out. And, um, you know, since then we, you know, we had 19 parks going into this with that were under contract. We only had three that fell out of contract. That's um, really good. Reaction. Yeah. You know, so that was nice, but you know, what, what happened to a lot of these other ones, um, they, a lot of them did get extended. Um, and, and the number one reason that they got extended uh, beyond just general fear, which isn't necessarily a reason to to extend in this business is for better or worse. But when the CMBS market, uh, you know, was not able to do loans and get loans closed, um, that makes the seller say, uh oh, how does that affect this buyer and what happens to me? If the bank can't give them the loan that they were already qualified for or, you know, that they could have been qualified for, how am I supposed to sell my park? And that's, that's you know, a hard discussion to have with the seller who was thinking, you know, hey, I'm at the top of the market. Lending is cheap and easy and I'll get a good buyer in here and get out in 60 to 90 days. Now they're saying, well, either we need to, you know, extend the contract for 90 days plus or minus and, 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 and reevaluate then when, when the CMBS market comes back or Mr. Seller, we're going to have to, you're going to need to own or finance this deal, um, which, you know, right now, which we did on a lot of our deals, actually, a lot of them got pushed to, you know, 12, uh, 12 to 24 month um, interest only seller finance deals to help bridge the gap. Um, and, you know, that's, that can be an uncomfortable position for a seller to go into. Um, and, but if you think it through, it actually is a good position for a seller to, to, to be in. Uh, and then the third option is obviously taking a little bit of a haircut and, and seeing if the buyer will close cash. If they're still, if they're able to still, you know, have confidence that they want this deal and, and maybe it's just a little bit of a, of a price adjustment. We've, we've done some of those, but nothing like, you know, um, um, fire sales. We, we aren't seeing any kind of real fire selling anywhere across, not, not of my deals, not of my competition's deals. I mean, I don't know everybody, you know, everybody's deals in particularly, but it's almost like everybody pressed pause. Yeah. It's like everybody kind of pressed pause and we said, all right, fine. Here's another 60 to 90 days. And, you know, we'll, we'll reevaluate, but you know, I mean, I, I closed the deal two weeks ago in Arizona with a great buyer out of, out of Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, he, he got a little bit of a discount, but you know, his lender fell out and he just said, uh, to hell with it. I'll just close in cash. And, and that's what he did. Right. Um, so he, he got like a 5%, you know, discount on the pricing and that was, you know, good for him. Um, and, uh, so prices are kind you know, of staying the same. I think so. And, and here's the logic behind it is we, you know, if we all believe that the market's going to recover at some at some reasonable amount of time, you know, three, six, nine, twelve months, even. Okay? I think we all believe um, that, don't we? I think it's going to be the I, roaring twenties. I, I, I think people are going to spend mad money. Well, that's what I was going to get into. Is that's what I was going to kind of get into. There's been a lot of a lot of people s- suggesting that, but but let's let's look at it a little bit deeper than just kind of a headline. 
And and let's look at what the Fed has done over the last few weeks and, and what they're planning to do over the next few months. Um, and they have, you know, done done their damnedest to, to, to stabilize this, this issue. And, you know, for, for better or worse, you know, one day this half the country is against socialism and the next day the whole country is for socialism, apparently, with these, with these checks we all are about to receive. But uh, the Fed, I think, was correct in doing this by sending out uh, trillions of dollars in liquidity to, to reinforce that the, that the Fed's going to protect us from, from something terrible. Yeah. 200, um, another $250 billion? The trillion. They put in trillions. Oh, two, of oh another two point three trillion. Yes. Yeah. That's what I read and yesterday. Oh yeah. That yeah. that was crazy. And so we're, and, and by but the does end that mean it, they're just know, they're printing saying, money though? That is exactly what it means, is that they're just gonna print money until they stabilize the economy and we'll deal with the after effects like inflation and stuff like that at a later point in time because that's less urgent than getting through this, you know, what but how do you get the money that have hands how do you get the money in the hands of Americans, though? That's what I don't understand. Well, that's what they're that's what they're doing is they're helicoptering money out to everybody with these twelve hundred dollars checks. And while it's you know it's almost a slap in the face if you live in any you know reasonable city, um, it is a way to put money in place right now. And everybody who owns parks and things like that, and, and houses and rents, everybody's asking for forbearance, um, which is going to create its own set of problems. But again, it buys us more time. So, so jumping back to what what I was trying to get at here is that the Fed's going to put in up to what might be $6 trillion or more into the economy. And what that has done on interest rates is that has bottomed out interest rates. Okay. And they are just as low as they can go. In fact, I, I just, by the, by the luck of the graces of whatever it is out there, we got my personal house refinanced at 3.49%. Okay. Yeah. Which is, is phenomenal. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and when, when you have this kind of cheap debt that's going to still be there after the economy stabilizes is now you're going to have, you know, the ability for a buyer to get a better, uh, a better loan is going to, uh, you know, push harder on pricing moving forward. Cause we as brokers, we balance pricing off of debt and with sellers, a lot of them have retracted. They said, you know, we're not trying to sell in, in a bad market. We're, we'll just wait it out. And so now there's less sellers than the last, however, before that we've been going through this, this most upper portion of the cycle. And there's still many, many buyers. Now, a lot of buyers are out for blood right now, but they're not going to get it. And what's going to happen is when the market comes back, the interest rates are going to be low. Buyers are going to be, sellers are going to be scarce and buyers are going to be many. And that's going to push a further, heavier seller's market, which is almost exactly like what happened in your reference with the Roaring Twenties back in 1919 after we had a mini crash and then a pandemic and then, you know, almost lost everything and then had the, the next 10 years to be with some of the best ever. But we know how that ended as well. And hopefully we, we can avoid lessons <laughs> this year. Yeah, that, uh, that did not go know, well. So, hey, but you know what? Let's look for the now, fear, bro. Yeah, the, the further now, the biggest fear is hyperinflation if this works, okay? Yeah. And hyperinflation, the best position to be in, so right now the best position to be in is cash, right? Like if you have cash right now, you might make a lot of money if you're playing the stock markets and doing things like that. Um, but if, you know, if we go into hyperinflation, cash is the last thing you want to be in. 
And what you want to be in is, is something solid, you know, like real estate or commodity, something that is a hard good. Because that's where the value is going to end up being preserved. Gold, bro. Gold. You know? Yeah, gold. Things like that. You know, this is where I think we're – the theory of of a better market coming out of this is reinforced. Now, granted, if they can't stabilize it and all hell breaks loose and institutions start to fall down like they did last time, that might be a different story. Um, But nobody I'm reading from and and seeing from is really suggesting that that's what's going to – be looking like most people are saying you know what's crazy is we think we just get back to normal that's and that's like the, the standard feeling that people have for better or worse i, I don't think know because it's it. what we all want but sometimes what you want what isn't what want. you get <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah you know and so 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 in, in your head i i know like of course you want to buy you want to to sell places is now a good time i mean and you're an honest dude is now a good time to buy or should buyers press pause? Should every, or should everybody, everybody just should continue? Pause. I think, I think everybody should pause unless if you're in a unique position that you can't afford to pause. Okay. And you know, with, there's nothing wrong with taking 90 days out and just sitting on your cash right now. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're a buyer and saying, let's see what happens because maybe better deals come in. But with, a buyer right now, but the reason what, what might be compelling for a buyer right now is that there isn't a lot of buyers per se, you know, chomping at the bit to pay for a good property right now um, because they think maybe they think the pricing is going to get better. And I think that's, that's not going to be the case. So I think a smart buyer right now is probably looking at that and saying, Hey, I wouldn't have been competitive on this deal before because the big guys would have been able to beat me out. But right now, I can be competitive on this deal if I'm willing to pay, you know, retail or close to retail on that price. Um, and if it's a good park, and it was a good park in February, it's not going to be a bad park in September. Again, we're the safety net. The, the, the rents aren't going to get cheaper, per se, by anything significant at our level of rents. Now, maybe the Class A apartment stuff starts coming down as they have higher vacancies that they're going to be dealing with. But I think this... C class and, and retirement class uh, mobile home communities. I think I don't think we're going to have much of a pricing change going on with there. So as a buyer, you become more competitive, and you're able to be you know one of the few guys willing to pony up right now. You might end up with a nice park. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a ramble there, but I, yeah, I, I yeah. think I think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's okay to press pause. I mean, you know, nobody's going anywhere unless they're horribly affected by this illness and everybody wants to get back. Um, thankfully for technology, a lot of the machine can keep running. I think that's one of the good things that we're seeing is that people are seeing that it doesn't matter where you're at. You have most of the tools you need. The, the only thing yep. that you don't get is that human contact and being able to go out, which is super important for, for proper mental health. But, but I agree. I think I'm going to, I'm going to watch things. I'm using my cash and now I'm like worried that I'm, I'm spending too much on stocks because I'm buying a shit ton of stocks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I still haven't bought any and, and don't have much intention to, but you know, it, it's, it, it is interesting what's happening out there with all these things. And, you know, there's today the IRS released some positive news 
um, for for people in what was called a 1031 exchange, what is called a 1031 exchange, um, and and that's a, a tax advantage for real estate you know investors, where they can defer the capital gain off of the sale of their park if they reinvest it again in a similar you know real estate type of uh, investment, um, and up until today the guidelines hadn't changed and been adjusted, and with and you only get 45 days to identify and 180 days to close. Um, and so you can't really do your due diligence and identify things right now because, you know, you can't get on site and you can't hire certain third party inspectors and things like that. And so a lot of these guys were about to have to pay some pretty heavy taxes. And so thankfully today the IRS came out with some guidance that they're going to uh, give an additional 120 days, I think is what I read. Um, on the inspection or on the identification period now, um, which which should help significantly. Um, and, you know, I, I, it, 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 there's there's all these weird little interesting caveats about doing deals right now that, again, support the whole just sit and wait kind of theory. What? Because how are you supposed to visit a park right now? How are you supposed what? to get on a plane? Are you going to get on a plane right now? I'm not getting on a <laughs> well, plane. Well, I'll right get now. on a plane. Um, but but I've had... Crazy, but but, what are, <laughs> but the, the main problem, and I've been having this problem, is lending. Yeah, lending. Lending is gone right now. And the lending that is there is awful. Okay. It might sound sexy on paper when you get, you know, you get a soft quote, but when you get down to the, to the final end, you know, you, you, buyers are being asked to come up with 12 to 18 months of capital reserves for this deal, um, which is just massive amount to, to give you typically, typically it's like three months kind of maximum. Okay. Four months, maybe. Um, and, you know, to us, that's, like the bank telling us, no, we really don't want to do a deal right now. That's what we're hearing from the banks. And CMBS is, is gone. You're not going to get CMBS, you know, lending on anything right now um, with, with with very, very, very few exceptions. Uh, local banks seem to be kind of in, in, in the play right now, just with also higher reserves. Um, but there are plenty of bridge lenders out there right now that are very eager to loan money in this market. Um, and so we're seeing more bridge lending happening, but bridge lending is, is typically much more expensive um, yeah. than traditional lending. So, you know, things that there, you know, there, if somebody is, is trying to get something done, there are ways to get the deal done right now. But the advice I'm giving most people is just sit and wait and, and, you know, the, the lending will come back. They, the government has to fix that. They, well, yeah, they got to get money. Not, yeah, they, like they, they, that's, that's going to change. Um, and when it does change, then again, it's going to, uh, there's going to be a built up appetite for, for investment again. And it's, again, I think probably going to push to a stronger seller's market. But we have to get through, we have to get through this, this stay at home period right now. And, and I really hope everybody, is, is just, just even if they don't believe this is a real big deal, at least hope people are saying at home right now, just in case if it might be a big deal in their mind, I think it's a big deal. And, you know, it, it's, it makes it real hard to do a transaction but, and, and to, to, to survive through all this. But, you know, if you're staying home, you're going to be safe. And you get lots of time to get real smart over the next 90 days about what to do. Yeah. 
Is there something that, I mean, obviously people should take this time and read uh, the Mobile Home Park Manifesto by Glenn Esterson, but is there anything else that you think that mobile home park investors and um, people who are interested in the space should be doing right now to stay connected and to, you know, come out in, in marketing, we keep telling people to load their marketing cannons, right? Write content, like invest in your site. What should, what, what do you think people in the mobile home park space should be doing? Well, you know, everybody's, Everybody's got their own opinion. I see a lot of guys that, you know, are thinking that, you know, that that there's going to be a good bit of blood in the water here in, in 30 days, and they're going to try and take advantage of that. And, and, you know, I'm not going to participate with helping any of our buyers do that. But, you know, I mean, I understand capitalism, capitalism. Uh, but the thing that, that me and my team are doing and that what, what you know, we're working on and, and how we're trying to put ourselves in a better position because, I mean, in, in my lifetime, I've never had 90 days off where I can just, you know, not have to worry too much about too many things other than survival. And I, I have a lot of time to sit here and focus on on uh, uh, how to improve things. Yep. And so that's what me and my team are, are doing. We're, we're spending a lot of time learning new markets, too. We're even, you know, we're, we're spending a lot of time learning about the REO and note markets, because if it does go that direction, we want to be in a position to be able to help. Uh, exchange notes and REO, you know, sales. And so we're, we're studying up a lot on that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at using our company as a data company as, a, as another potential. So we're refining some of that stuff that we have, because we, we probably have the best data in the country, uh, you know, on mobile home parks right now. And so we're, we're looking at ways to make our, our value proposition to our buyers and our sellers more attractive by having better data sources. So we've, you know, we've just hired up a, 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 a new skip tracing company and databasing company, you know, to get better information there. And, you know, I, I don't know how to make a dollar right now. Okay. I mean, I'll just be blunt about it. I don't know where, you know, where a transaction that wasn't already in the pipeline can be a paid deal in 60 days. I don't know how to make that happen except through a 1031 right now. And that's very, unlikely in my opinion, although that's what we're focusing on are these 1031 buyers right now, but we Dude, you should build a page on your website called 1031 buyers, 1031 properties available. You should look up the keywords and go after those yeah. because people are going to be typing that into Google. And my guess is people haven't been like targeting them the way that they should for years. Good and idea. years. Yep. Yep. That's a great idea. You know, so we're looking at what can, what systems can we improve and how can we build on what we have? How can we, you know, because we know that like most people here, it's, you know, the longer we stay in business, the better off we're going to be here. And if we have all this time and we're not spending the 90 hours a week that we were doing before, you know, each of us, you know, with transaction and deal flow, well, let's use that 90 hours and, and, and take it down a little bit, I guess. But, you know, let's use that same amount of time and build something that we would never have time to build out you know, during, during normal operations. And, yeah. and I would think that many people are probably following that same principle right now. At least I would hope so. Um, I hope not everybody's just sitting around and just, you know, pretending like it's time off. Um, A lot but, of people uh, are, and it's, it's bad. And I tell people this, don't be worried work, right? If you're working every day and pushing and to think about exactly. it like this, the touchdown is this ending every 
10 yards you get every first down, every, you know, every month you make it through is a first down. And the whole goal is just to get to the end and still be alive. So you just got to take these baby steps every single day. Are you doing what's best for your business and your investments? And if you're not thinking that way, you are going to get fucked in this. There's no way around it. Or you're going to be behind, you know I mean? It's in my opinion, like I said, I've never had this much time off ever in my adult life. (laughs) So um, it's given us a lot of time to work on, on some other projects that we've, you know, didn't have as much priority on because we had too much, you know, too much deal flow happening. We went, you know, from 19 deals under contract to, you know, by, by the end of it, like today we're at about 15 deals under contract. That's not too bad. So, and I think that's probably what most, you know, uh, uh, broker shops are probably similar if they're, if they're of any quality, I would think. Um, so if I can't push those deals further forward, what can we do to better our team and better our services for our clients? And that's, that's where we're putting all of our attention in right now. Um, and, and thankfully, I got a great team. I mean, I, I really, really do have a great, great team with, you know, especially with Charles DeHart. Just he's he, he's a very capable and and in uh, very capable man who's is very knowledgeable about this industry and and about some of the systems that I couldn't have figured out on my own. So and that, um, and that know, goes doing a lot and, of that. And that says a lot too about the importance of great people during turbulent times. You yep. know, so yeah. like nobody on my team has lost their shit yet, which is nice because I've seen other people just like acting like their hair's on fire, you know, and yeah. it's, uh, and, you know, and it's, not it's, looking at the situation as, Hey, let's turn this into a positive. So exactly. I, I'm, exactly. I'm, I, a, anything else that you think people should be looking out for right now? Yeah. Rent collections are scary right now. That's, that's the, the big topic that most most of us are, are really concerned with is what happens if the rent collections are as bad as, as they can get. And then you have to be, and, and you're trying to sell your park or you're trying to buy your park and the banks are saying, well, you know, you've missed out on, you know, 70, 30% of your, of your revenue for the year because of this. Now your valuation is only worth this. Um, You know, that's, that's something that, that we don't know what, is going to happen, but, you know, obviously in our industry, occupancy determines value. Okay. And, you know, every dollar in is another dollar that, you know, adds to your price point. Right. So, yeah. you know, right now it seems like, and, and we said about two weeks ago when we were talking two or three weeks ago, when we were talking with everybody that, you know, we, we called hundreds and hundreds of owners and just to get their idea of what they're thinking April rents are going to look like. And, you know, overall, they were telling us we think about 70 percent in most of our quality, you know, non-tertiary rent controlled markets. They were saying about 70 percent, you know, is 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 pretty good if they can get that and what they're thinking. They'll be happy to get 70 percent of payments. 70 percent by the sorry, I should have uh, classified this a bit more, but 70 percent by the fifth of the month. Okay, that's a big day is the fifth of the month, because that's when most late fees kick in and what most tenants try to avoid. Uh, so, you know, and typically for those guys, you know, on average, they're like, we usually would have 85%, you know, collected by that point. So to me, that, that, that doesn't seem that alarming. Okay. The end of the month, most of the park owners are saying that they should be up north of 90% total collections for the month. But when you jump over into states like California, New York, 
maybe some, uh, you know, some like Oregon places that have rent control. And then you look at the tertiary markets, even in the non-rent controlled states, those owners are very worried. They were saying that maybe 50% would be only collected by the fifth and maybe only 70%, you know, by the end of the month. Um, and that's, you know, that's actually starting to play out because I, I read a report yesterday um, that was, you know, from some news source, whether it was Forbes or one of the online things, it was saying that about 70% of uh, collections had occurred so far um, that they were using the 7th as the collection date um, for, for the, the, the main markets. But in the states that have the rent control, they're also having this this influence of a rent strike happening. And, you know, I hope that doesn't get legs under it. I mean, if you live somewhere and you have a landlord, you, you got to pay your rent. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, well, I, only I, if you have, you the know money, me, dude. I'm a, I'm a guy for the tenants and I'm a guy for like, I you know, know the but, little what, man, but if pe- some people, some people don't have any money, what are you going to yeah. do? The people that without any money, we need to be able to, if you have money, we need to be able to pay the money that we have so the landlords can help the guys that don't have any money in this situation. And hopefully nobody in America is taking advantage of this of this situation, but I can promise you there probably are some people that are maybe looking at it as to how, how, did, how can I benefit, you know, from this and, and not pay, you know, what, whatever. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. I'm just, you know, I got to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here on this one. Um, despite the fact that it just turns my gut to think about, you know, poor people struggling right now uh, and landlords, you know, maybe not being very willing to work with them, but the landlords that wouldn't be willing to work with people are typically the landlords that, you know, have, you know, a different philosophy about their park. And unfortunately, the landlords that are willing to work with people, I think some of their tenants are going to take advantage of that. And yeah. it's going to put some jeopardy into the system. And now almost every landlord we've talked to, we've, we've already told them to go to their lender and ask for some forbearance for a few months and, you know, see what we can get, you know, get moving here. But if we don't, if, if the government can't get the money to these tenants fast enough to be able to pay the rents, it will have a massive slippery slope for for all industries, not just our industry. Um, you know, it's landlording is, is, is a big deal. Banks rely on landlords. Special servicers are about to be just inundated with, with, with forbearance and, and all these things that are going on. And that's going to put a lot of negative pressure on the, the internal system of, of America, essentially. Um, so if you have money, please pay your rent or your mortgage or whatever, you know, Work out what you can work out with them. They could, so you can still be okay, but not a time to take advantage of the situation. Oh man, I, I put think. a hold on all my shit the day that the country shut down. I called yeah. every banker, every car note, everything, and said three months because I've earned that. I've paid on time. I've been yeah. really good. Yep. I want to know that. Like, I know how important holding cash is right now. Yeah, and, and you're not a tenant. And you're not a tenant and you right. have a business with, with a lot of employees and you need to make sure that you can stay in business. Okay. Yep. Um, and that's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to the guys that, you know, if you, if you live in, uh, you know, in an apartment building or in a, you know, in a mobile home community and you're renting, um, you know, and, and you still are very likely still working at, at a lot of those places. They're, they're 
essential workers, you know, doc, you know, uh, nurses and, and, and grocery employees and things like that, they're still getting paid. And I think, I think we, the government's going to come out with some special hazard pay too, which will be phenomenal. Um, and, and, and I think those types of situations, why we, we need to collectively just all say, okay, like we're in this together. And if we are in this together, you know, how do we work this out together? Cause those rents are important to those landlords, not because the landlord's greedy, because the landlord doesn't want to have to give the, the park back or the apartment back to the to the banks, and the banks don't want these things back because they're they're going to be overloaded with them, and it can be worse off in the long run for those tenants um, than than just you know saying, hey, Mister Landlord, I can only pay seventy percent of my rent this month, yeah, and I'll work out something with you over the next six months to pay you back. It's about know? communication and, think- and not being a dick. Like know yeah. that everybody is in this situation together and we need to work with each other to figure out ways to make it work for everyone. A landlord does not want to throw somebody out on the street most of the time with nowhere to go. It's much no. easier on them to keep you there and work with you on a way to get a somebody who's always paid on time or close to on time, you know, the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Glenn, we are have run out of time for the, today, and I think we've covered a ton. And I want to let people uh, digest. Let's do this. Um, let Let's continue the conversation. And as new um, things come up regarding the pandemic or stimulus stuff, Glenn and I are going to get on, and we're going to give everybody updates as we learn new information. So, thank you for joining us on the Mobile Home Ex- Mobile Home Park Expert podcast there you go i'm jason sorotin this is glenn esterson and we'll see you next time thank you